0: PTJ podcasts are made possible by the American Physical Therapy Association. This podcast is sponsored by Eclipse. Eclipse has helped physical therapists streamline their practices since 1985. Eclipse is a comprehensive all-in-one system that handles your billing, scheduling, and clinical documentation. Find out more at www.ineedeclipse.com or call 1-800-966-1462.
1: We're still stuck 10, 15 years ago, whereas other professions such as medical, social work, psychology, they've moved forward. I
0: believe we as physical therapists need to partner up with telemedicine providers.
2: We are very slow to uptake new technologies as physical therapists.
3: Welcome to this PTJ discussion podcast, telehealth for physical therapist practice. Technology is no longer a significant barrier to healthcare delivery but rather the barriers relate to practice, policy, and licensure. In this podcast, Dr. Alan Lee discusses his health policy and perspective paper with Dr. Katie Stout and PTJ editorial board member Dr. Michael Landry. With regard to Dr. Stout, the opinions expressed by her in this presentation are her personal views and do not reflect the official views of the Department of Defense or United States government. And now, our moderator, Mike Landry.
2: Hello, everyone. My name is Mike Landry, and I'm very happy to welcome you to today's podcast, which is going to be looking at a particularly interesting area of practice of telehealth. Dr. Lee and Dr. Harada very recently published a paper in the Physical Therapy Journal, which was titled, Telehealth as a Means of Healthcare Delivery for Physical Therapist Practice. Today with us are Dr. Alan Lee, and Dr. Katie Stout. Physical therapy is a profession, as we all know, in evolution and telehealth or telerehabilitation, or telephysical therapy, whatever the nomenclature, requires us to think a little bit outside the box, a little outside of what we've done in the past. So, Dr. Alan Lee, if I could ask you to introduce yourself a little bit to the listeners.
0: Yes. Hello. My name is Alan Lee. I'm an Associate Professor of Physical Therapy at Mount St. Mary's College in Los Angeles. I also have maintained clinical practice at Scripps Mercy Hospital in San Diego and I serve as the secretary for the American Telemedicine Association's tele Special Interest Group. And I'd like to thank Dr. Landry and PT Journal for inviting me to comment on our paper on telehealth.
2: Great. Well, thank you, Alan. And now, Dr. Katie Stout.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Katie Stout. Some of you may know me as formerly Katie Ambrose, and I currently work with the Department of the Army in the northern region working in their Department of Telehealth, specifically tele to develop the tele programs to include physical therapy, occupational therapy, and speech therapy. I also practice at Holy Cross Hospital in Maryland, as well as adjunct faculty at the University of Maryland.
2: Great. Well, thank you very much to both Alan and Katie for their willingness to spend some time today. I think a lot of folks, a lot of PTs, a lot of healthcare stakeholders would agree that access to care is one of the real areas that we need to improve, not only across the United States, but indeed internationally. But there is a series of barriers that could limit the applicability, and some of them have to do with payment mechanisms. Others have to do with licensure. Katie, can I pass it over to you to reflect a little bit on the paper and how you see the applicability of the information?
1: I think the paper that Alan and Dr. Harada wrote really lays the groundwork for clinicians that are new to the world of telemedicine and telehealth and how it affects the profession of physical therapy. Until the physical therapy profession really states a claim as to why telehealth is going to help us practice, nobody's really going to listen and help us solve that problem. So we really need to take it upon ourselves to look at the issues that are holding telemedicine, specifically for physical therapists, back and address those issues moving forward. And I think Alan and Dr. Harada really laid out the groundwork for what therapists need to do moving forward.
2: Well, Katie, excellent point. And if I can push you a little bit on that. So are you saying that maybe PTs in general across the United States should essentially just get on with this and do it and then ask for forgiveness later? Because I think some of our history has been the longer we wait for the appropriate payment mechanisms or the ideal licensure structure, the more the decades get on. So I may be putting words in your mouth, but are you saying we should probably just move on with this?
1: I think move on with it in a strategic way. I think you bring up a really good point that if we don't look at payment structure and we don't look at licensure structure, somebody else will do it for us. And if we don't come up with a solution that will fit in our profession and will grow with our profession, somebody else will tell us how to do it. As we've seen with Medicare and Medicaid over the decades, we continue to fight for appropriate reimbursement for our services. And we continue to fight for the face-to-face services, and we're losing sight of the future. And the future of medicine and of healthcare is telemedicine. We're still stuck 10, 15 years ago, whereas other professions such as medical, social work, psychology, they've moved forward and they have reimbursement models for these services.
2: So, Alan, in your paper, you do suggest that telehealth is actually occurring. Kaiser Permanente, the Veterans Affairs, there are examples and there's even some literature out there that is suggestive of costs and clinical efficiencies. So, what is the barrier? I mean, is it about the evidence? Should we look for more evidence or is there another policy angle that PT needs to adopt in this case?
0: Mike, I believe that there are current evidence that shows efficacy as well as effectiveness of telehealth practice in physical therapy. The way to address this, as Katie mentioned, is to look at the mandates healthcare reform law has in terms of care coordination, the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services Innovation Center for Challenge Grants and also the major expansion of Medicaid coverage by 2014, which presents opportunities for physical therapists to leverage technology and implement telehealth services in PT practice. Such is a opportunity for physical therapists to implement telehealth practices within home care settings to not only demonstrate cost savings and improve care, but also implement services that could be spread out throughout the whole continuum of care in our health care systems.
2: Let me bring in another dimension to this. Rehabilitation is about people, and maybe this is directed towards Alan, but how comfortable are people with this technology?
0: Mike, I believe that showing the value for key stakeholders, including patients, is the way to go for the future of telehealth implementation. Currently, there are projects occurring in the wounded veterans in terms of pilot testing homes with actual therapy rooms, which are similar to home offices where the medical needs are met without going to a medical facility. These programs are the wave of the future where so-called wounded warrior home projects, which have adaptive space, flat panels, and high-resolution digital cameras, which allow the patients and the veterans to see the value in telehealth practice will be implemented in the future.
2: Katie, you live the world of maybe not directly Veterans Affairs, but certainly the military, and I'm not asking to speak on behalf of the military. but our injured soldiers are returning home, is this an opportunity to provide more effective care for them?
1: I'll answer, but first I want to piggyback on what Alan had mentioned in terms of patients being satisfied. There was a really great article put out by a group of therapists in Australia, University of Queensland, and Dr. Russell's group looking at the use of telemedicine and tele-rehab services post-total knee replacement. And they had really great evidence to support that there was not only no difference in long-term outcomes and recovery, but there was higher patient satisfaction in the tele group. And if you go back to the research of early intervention services and providing services to children with disabilities in their natural environment, tele really takes the rehab services to all gender, age group, disability type, whether it be musculoskeletal, neurological, cardiopulmonary and keeps the patient in their natural environment and lets the therapist enter the natural environment to really make that program, that progression, individualized to the patient to really get the maximum benefit out of it. And the topic of wounded veterans, if you think of the age group of soldiers coming back with injuries, they fall within the age group of probably 18 to 25 and upwards of 30. There are certainly older wounded veterans but these guys have grown up with technology. So technology is not foreign to them. A lot of times it's the provider that is not necessarily comfortable with the technology. They grew up with instant messenger, with Xbox, with Xbox 360, where you can talk with your friends playing video games. So talking with your doctor over a TV screen is not foreign to them. It's more foreign to the practitioners. For current providers, I think we need to recognize that technology is going to become part of the clinic and we can either make that technology work for us in its best ability or we can be told how that technology is going to work and I think that goes back to some of my initial comments that we really need to be strategic in how we implement tele-rehab services, strategic and quick acting because technology continues to improve and change on a daily basis.
0: Let me just piggyback on what Katie had just mentioned in terms of implementing or integrating technology. It was a real nice paper done in the University of Calgary looking at the tele-rehabilitation integration, looking at the needs analysis, the business plan, the equipment or the technology, again doing an evaluation of the services, then also having ethical and technical standards that were meeting the needs of the patients.
2: And as an educator, our students are extremely familiar and very comfortable with emerging technology. So what a lot of educational programs attempt to create is the next generation of students who are not only solving today's problems, but tomorrow's with technologies that have not yet been invented. One of the laments is that we are very slow to uptake new technologies as physical therapists. I just wondered, I'll open it up to either Alan or Katie, in terms of adopting new technologies. To what extent do we allocate the problem to ourselves?
1: One of the big issues, like you said, was getting our next generation of therapists ready to take on the challenge and we really need to start incorporating technology in the sense of using telehealth services into the program so they're prepared for what's coming down in terms of changes to the healthcare system. If they're not prepared, they are going to be behind the eight ball when it comes to being able to speak knowledgeably of how their services can be incorporated into the technology, both what's today's technology and what's to come in the future. So if we don't start incorporating telehealth into the PT curriculum, we will greatly underserve the next generation of therapists and continue to put the profession behind.
2: With possibly negative outcomes for patients.
1: Negative outcomes for patients and negative outcomes for having a good model in place to continue the profession forward you know i don't want to sound like a broken record but if we don't figure this out somebody else will figure it out for us so we really need to be strategic and proactive in figuring out the best way to make telehealth work at the reimbursement level and at the usability level stuff that physical therapists are not used to thinking of but we really need to expand our minds and start thinking about the next generation and where telehealth and telerehab will go
2: Alan, in your experience and with all of the thinking you've been doing around this, does this represent an opportunity for the private market? And I'll just maybe preface that by knowing full well that we've just mentioned that the VA is very involved in telehealth and have implemented many. But in terms of the wide distribution of this technology, is this a case of, you know, having to give it to the private market to look for innovation?
0: I think we need to partner up with private market firms that actually address the needs of technological advances quicker than the academics or the research centers. I believe we as physical therapists need to partner up with telemedicine providers as it was mentioned in the article to make sure that we are included as healthcare providers implementing telehealth services for our patients but also we also need to be cautious about how we implement technology. I was involved with writing the Blueprint for Tele-Rehabilitation Guidelines and we really address technology implementation by clinical, technical and ethical principles that guide us in our scope of practice in physical therapy. Just having technology does not mean that it is better or the best way to go. Practitioners who are utilizing telehealth services need to understand that ethical standards must be maintained throughout their interaction with their patients.
2: But well, Alan, in your paper, you did suggest to bring in more leadership, and I think pushing it to the leadership of, let's say, the American Physical Therapy Association and maybe other associations. But what is it from your perspective that the educators could do? What is it that the private practitioners could do? And what is it that a physical therapist who's working for a large nonprofit hospital chain could do?
0: Mike, I think it includes all stakeholders. I believe in the recent polythensory lecture at CSM, that we do need to partner up with some of the telemedicine research centers that are currently within our academic institutions and having physical therapy practitioners included within those telemedicine projects. As a private practice owner, recently I was told that time as well as training would be such a barrier for practitioners, therefore we need to incentivize programs to allow training and also implement these projects in telehealth to occur in private practice.
2: What is it that, you know, even the one physical therapist working in a small town, in a small nonprofit hospital, what is it he or she could do to contribute to this need to move forward? Because that's resonating with me, the need to move on with this.
1: What can we do? I'm going to jump in here, too, for a minute. I also think for the therapists at the grassroots level, look at community outreach-type programs. If you're sending a therapist once a week to a senior center can you do that consultative outreach type work using telemedicine? And can you use that as a segue into incorporating telemedicine into a nonprofit hospital setting? Are there outreach programs that the private practice owner is doing to say sports clubs or to sports teams that could be delivered using telemedicine instead of sending a therapist an hour to a senior center and an hour back and an hour there, you keep that person in the clinic, they're still able to provide that outreach. And it's, in my mind, a win-win for everybody. The outreach is still being provided, and you can still maximize the clinic time with that therapist because there's not the travel time included with those outreach-type activities.
2: Maybe there's opportunities, as Katie just mentioned, you know, as we implement projects to look at it from a quality improvement measurement outcome as well from cost measures, but wouldn't it be terrific to, across the United States, have folks implement such programs and then have a common set of indicators so that over a 12-month period, potentially, we'd have some data to suggest one way or the other or to quantify what the cost savings would be? At the most recent CSM in Chicago, Mark Golstein spoke a lot about the initiatives that the American Physical Therapy Association are enacting in terms of creating common data sets. And I think there's huge opportunities in terms of collecting data.
0: Yeah, I must agree with you, Mike, in terms of the way that telehealth and telemedicine is going in terms of integrating with health information technology. Therefore, the next wave of telehealth might be that research regarding integration of electronic medical records with telehealth services.
1: Alan, you bring up a really great point as private practice owners are looking at electronic health records and how to incorporate that into their practices as well as hospital systems including telehealth services in that project, will really help down the line, helping the therapist have input into how that system and how that model is going to work.
2: Let me open up the floor before we conclude. If you were to close your eyes, Katie, and say, here's where we need to go, and here's how long it's going to take us, what would that look like?
1: That's a tough question to answer. I certainly think we need to go down the road of legislation and collaboration, which Some therapists may be a little scared by. We're not asking you guys to become legislators. We're not asking you to become computer experts, but taking your physical therapy knowledge, taking your clinical knowledge, and giving it to those folks so it can be incorporated into legislation and policy and it can be incorporated into the technology, I think, is key. For so long, we've worked isolated in rehab clinics that we haven't done that collaboration and integration. And without that, we will continue to fall behind. So if I close my eyes, I would say in five years, I'd like to see policy in place that not only allows cross-state licensure, but reimbursement and models in place that allow easy implementation for the technology in clinics of all levels, from small private practice to the University Research Center.
2: Alan, how about you?
0: I don't really need to close my eyes because I think it's already happening in (laughs) certain states as well as the legislation. Therefore, I think we just need to do our best to engage in partnerships and collaboration with other entities. For example, recently in the paper, we talked about the National Defense Authorization Act, which allows civilians working at the DOD to have licensure portability. This became law in January this year. So, we in the civilian world need to also look at portability to really address the workforce issues that are limiting our specialists as well as our consultation and access to services in physical
2: therapy. So, as we come close to the end of our conversation, I'd like to ask Alan if there are any other points that you'd like to share with us today. In
0: closing, telehealth for physical therapists practice can only become a reality when payment policy and licensure barriers are overcome with federal and state collaborations within and outside of PT profession. The challenge for our PT colleagues is to partner up with telemedicine providers and think broader about becoming interdependent healthcare team members in this digital age. Thank you, Mike.
2: Thank you, Alan. And now to Katie, is there anything that we may not have spoken about here that we should have?
1: I think we've hit on all of the big parts today. I think the one closing remark that I want to make, just to all the therapists out there, Think about that one patient that has been difficult to see. How much more effective would you be treating that patient if you had access to that patient in their natural environment, the businessman in his hotel room while he's traveling, the patient with MS at home and doesn't have to rely on a family member to bring them to appointments? how much more effective can you be as a therapist and how is it going to affect you as a practitioner and how is it going to improve what you can do for your patients? And I think when you answer that question, the other challenges just become minuscule and really we need to move forward with this in our practice model because it will make us more effective, more accessible providers to patients that really need our services.
2: Well, I'd like to thank both Alan and Katie for their very interesting and thought-provoking conversation this afternoon. In terms of conclusions, this health policy perspective has certainly asked more questions than we've answered, but isn't that the purpose of research and isn't that the purpose of physical therapy to always be challenging ourselves? I take away at least three messages here. One of them is the need to be strategic as we move forward. A number two component here really is the integration of telehealth or telerehabilitation or telephysical therapy into the mainstream, but that's a core competency. It's a core element of the healthcare services that are going to be delivered in the years to come. I guess the most resounding conclusion for me is the aspirations that we have for our next generations. So as we look into the future, it will be different than it is today. Maybe telehealth becomes the precursor to something even greater to come. But I would like to say one more time, thank you so much to Dr. Katie Stout and to Dr. Alan Lee for contributing to the national discussion as it relates to technology and physical therapy.
3: Send us your comments or suggestions about this or other PTJ podcasts via email, ptj@scienceaudio.net, or voicemail, six two six. 5937825. This has been a production of Science Audio online at www.scienceaudio.net. Thanks for listening.